0: Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Uh, But before I get to that, just let me tell you a bit of my story. I grew up in Melbourne, Australia, where Planet Shakers is from. Uh, My parents uh, both did drugs. My parents divorced. My dad did drugs. My mom did drugs. Uh, Most of my aunties and uncles did drugs. Even some of my grandparents did drugs. Uh, You know you're in trouble when Granddad smokes bombs, okay? That's a bad start to life. I do that joke to see how naughty the crowd is and represent Miami. Uh, But uh, I uh, I followed in my dad's footsteps and at about 12 I started to smoke cigarettes, binge drinking, marijuana. Uh, At 15 I was injecting amphetamines, taking acid, ecstasy. At 16 I took an acid trip um, at a house where they were involved in satanic worship. And I actually overdosed for three hours and was tormented by demons. I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't a believer. I was tormented by demons for about three hours. Uh, Saw some of the most evil things that you could ever imagine. I came out of that experience with what psychologists would have diagnosed as drug-induced psychosis. Where for the next three years of my life, uh, from 16 to 19, the television would speak to me. The radio would speak to me. I'd hear voices in my head every day telling me that no one liked me, no one loved me, that I should kill myself. Uh, at 19, I'd almost end 17 years that I would one day encounter the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to tell you right now, if you've got people you're believing for, don't ever stop praying. You might be the only person that's bringing their name before heaven. And I promise you, that was the thing that saved my life. And uh, you know why? At 23, this auntie sent me a birthday card and, and uh, my mum sort of made me ring her to say thank you for this card. And I was 23, I was partying, I was still doing drugs, didn't really want God in my life. And I picked up the phone to ring this auntie to say thank you. And as soon as I heard her voice and she said, hello, hello, I literally felt heaven open up, And the love of the father came from the top of my head. To the bottom of my feet. I wept in his presence. And in that moment for the first time. I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And, and I went to a church the next day. I made a public decision for Jesus. And uh, you know. I, I was fully born again. I was in love with Jesus. But still had this 10 year addiction. That had gripped my life. See because who knows you can love Jesus. And be born again. But still have stuff going on in your life. Yeah. That's called being a human being. And that's why we need a saviour. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one that's perfect. I'm on a journey with Him. And so a couple weeks into my Christianity though, I had this encounter where God turned up at my house. And he, he spoke to me as a two-week-old Christian. And he spoke to me. And he said, Lucas, you'll never, ever need drugs again. You'll never need cigarettes. And literally from that moment, I've never had a desire, never had a withdrawal. You know, I tell you, I love that what took the devil 23 years of his downward destructive demonic cycle just took God one word, just took God one word to say it's done, it's finished. One word can change your situation. One word can heal your body. One word can break an addiction. One word can bring peace instead of anxiety. One word changed everything. And you know what? God's just been so good, and I have been traveling uh, all over the world for the last, let me open this, sorry, the last eight years. And uh, it's just been an incredible journey, incredible ride. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about faith. We're talking about leveling up and In our series, and you know, God has really helped me in this area of living a life of faith. We've done many uh, exploits where God has spoken and we've obeyed and seen miracles happen. But I remember a long time ago when God first started to speak to me about living a life of faith. And I was a youth pastor many, many years ago. And uh, they weren't paying me. The church was paying me $50 a week. I was on the big bucks, and, and, and so I was a carpenter at the same time so that I could, you know, serve in the youth ministry and run the youth group. And I actually went to a Planet Shakers conference and I had this moment in worship, I'll never forget it, where I lifted my hands to heaven and I felt the Holy Spirit speak. And he said to me, when you go home, quit your job, come and follow me. And I remember I wept and he started giving me a heart to preach the gospel and help people and see people free and delivered. And I wept and I went home and I talked to my wife and she agreed it was a God thing. And see, what I was going to do is I was going to be the, I'd only be married a year. I was going to be the great man of faith. The, the man of the hour that quits his job, but then sends his wife to work. And, and, so, and, and so she went off to work and she was... A substitute teacher in Australia, you can actually make good money, about three fifty dollars a day doing that. And, and so she went off to work, and after about two, three days, she comes home and she says, Hey, the, the one school I get all my work in, they told me today that there'll be no more work. And, and now I start freaking out, because we're literally on $50 a week. And, and I pray, and I say, God, what are we going to do? And God speaks to me, He says, No, I've called both of you, come and follow me. And we had a little bit of savings that would last about a month or so, but that would be about it. And, and, I, and I remember we got to this point where we literally ran out of money. I had two $10 bills left to my name. The only money that was coming would be I'd get my $50 weekly, you know, my money on Thursday. But that was it. My rent was due the next day and I had these two $10 bills. I was running a young adult male connect group and... The guys didn't know my situation. My rent's due the next day. I've got $20 to my name. And I say to these guys, hey, who's got some needs? And one guy's, you know, it's young adult males. One guy's like, I need a job. Another guy's like, I need a car. And one guy's like, I need a wife. And it was young adult males. And really, that's what they all wanted. But there was only one brave. Anyway, that's a different message. And so I'm praying for these guys. And I feel the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he says, Lucas, tell these young men that the way I operate is through sowing and reaping. And that as they sow, they will reap. And I said to them, why don't we just take an offering right now and, and, and we'll bless a single mum. And they all got really excited, and some guys went out to their car to get some money. And, and I'll never forget, I had two $10 bills left in my name, and I took one of those $10 bills. And, 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 and seriously, I've regretted that for about 15 years. Because how much better would have this story been if I just gave the whole 20? Do you know what I'm saying? And seriously, what was I going to do with $10 anyway? Do you know what I'm saying? And I took the $10. I'm sorry, Lord. I took the $10. And I literally put it on my coffee table. And the moment I put it on my coffee table, there is a, a knock at my door. I go to the door, and there's this young lady standing there. I only half know her from church, but she's bawling her eyes out. She's crying at my front door. And I said, What's wrong? I said, you Come in, come in. She's like, No, I don't want to come in. And I'm like, well, this is awkward. And, and I said, well, what's going on? She says, God just spoke to my husband and I, and we needed to come right this second and give you this. And she handed me an envelope with $500 in it, wow. which was enough to pay my rent the next day. Wow. I, I remember another story. Again, and this was a little bit later, and miracles kept happening, but another one. See, a year ago, I was at the church, and this lady from Malaysia, I was living on the Gold Coast in Australia. And she didn't go to our church, and she had bought a, uh, like a holiday kind of unit in, in, in Surface Paradise. And she didn't go to our church, and she rang the church, and she wanted one of the pastors to come and pray over the unit that she bought, you know, pray out any wrong spirit. And, and the reality is, no one wanted to go, and I was a youth pastor, so they made me go. And, and, so, and so I went and prayed for this house, and we did some small talk, and it was about a year later. I never saw this lady again. And again, I'm at home, and I'm just about out of money. And this lady from Malaysia rings me and she says, I don't know what's going on, but I couldn't sleep the whole of last night. And God's told me, I need to put $2,000 into your bank account right now. She put $2,000 in our bank account. Uh, One last story before we get into the word. I remember again, it was another occasion where we were just about out of money. And, And I'd been driving with the gas light on for so long that I knew if I didn't go straight to a gas station, I'd be running out of gas. I went to preach at this sort of college ministry, it was, it was fairly small, it was about 15 years ago, there's about maybe 15 college students. While I was preaching there, my wife was preaching uh, at, our, at our youth ministry, and, and you know, this is what I do for my job, it's how I earn my living, but back then I knew this wasn't a paid opportunity in a sense, it was, you know, it was just to bless them. And, and so I went there and I, I prayed for them, and, 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 and you know, the power of God just comes and they all end up slain in the spirit. All 15 of them are on the floor getting touched by God. And, 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 and we just run out of money. And you know, while they're all out in the spirit, my phone rings. And I'm like, well, they're not looking. So I quickly answer it. It was my wife. And she says, hey, uh, you know I'm just after youth group. We're going to go to a coffee shop and get some pumpkin soup. And again, we just run out of money. She says, is it okay if I get some pumpkin soup? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, just get the soup. I'll see you soon. And so now I pray again, I go around to the 15 people and I pray for them all a second time and now I'm sort of done and I say to the leader, hey I'm going to go and I'm walking out to my car and as I'm walking to my car I'm like, I am literally going to run out of gas and my wife is at a cafe and she's stealing pumpkin soup. And I get to the, the, my car door And just as I'm about to open my car door There was this young uh, Asian young man But he's actually from Canada So he was Canadian uh, he, <laughs> he had been slain in the spirit He quickly got off the floor And he yells out Hey, hey, stop And he comes over to me And he says God just spoke to me And I said well, What did he say? He says I've got to treat you the same way I treat my brother My younger brother And I said, what what does that mean? He goes, man, that guy always wants money. (laughs) He said, come with me. He lived on campus. He took out with me to the cash dispenser. The compartment was $700 worth of cash. He then says, come with me to the cash dispenser, the on-campus cash dispenser. He withdrew another $300. I was able to put gas in the car, pay for the soup. I'd see this young man every now and again because we went to different churches. We'd just meet in random kind of citywide church events. And every time I'd bump into him, he'd say, come on, come with me. And we'd find the nearest cash dispenser and he'd just withdraw heaps of money. I tried so hard to find out where he lived just to be like his brother every single morning out the front. But God protected him. You know, in that year, we were given more than $35,000 of unexpected finances. See, and people say, "Wow, how can you live on $50 a week that doesn't even make sense? But see, I want to show you how it happened. Obviously, there was a moment with God where he called us. But I remember I was sitting in church and the associate pastor was doing the offering message. And it was right after I'd quit my job. And if I'd be honest, I wasn't listening to his message. Because I'm sitting there thinking, I've got a mathematical brain. I'm like, God, how can you live on $50 a week? It doesn't make sense. And then he read from a story. And like I said, I wasn't really listening, taking it in. And he's reading from the story about the widow that had the oil and flour that never ran dry. And I heard him speak this scripture that we're going to look at in a moment. 1 Kings 17, 14 where the prophet says to this lady, you will not be without oil and flour until the rain comes. And as soon as those words were spoken, it was like an arrow that was shot from heaven. And I knew it wasn't for anybody else except me in that room that that God was speaking to me. And as he said, you will not be without oil and flour until the rain comes, I had instant understanding that for me the oil and flour was my food and my provisions. And until the rain comes... And understanding that it's normal for it to rain. Just like it's normal to get paid for the work that you're doing. And it was like God gave us a promise, until you get paid full time at your church, I will look after all of your bills, all of your food, and all of your provisions. See, because the Bible talks about faith in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes when you hear the word. In the Greek, the word word is is in two two forms, logos or rhema. Logos simply means it's the written word, it's what God said. In Hebrews, where God says the word, the logos, is powerful. It's a double-edged sword, cuts into the bone and marrow. It's alive and sharp and active. That's the logos. You can build your life on what God said. But then every now and again you see the word word and it's not Logos, it's Rhema. And that's not what God said, but it's what God is saying. See, you can build your life on Logos, but you can walk on water on Rhema. See, when he says faith comes, when you hear the word, it's the the Rhema. See, faith is substance. People say, man, how could you live on $50 a week for a year? I can't comprehend that. Well, really, I took a shortcut because I simply heard him speak. And when he spoke, faith got on the inside. Faith, that is substance and it wasn't my own faith that got me through it was because I heard him speak I'm telling you when you hear him speak about your business faith gets on the inside when you hear him speak about that child that's off the rails faith gets on the inside see this message is called carry the promise and I want to tell you today that God's got promises for you in 2019 God's got promises for your finance, promises for your marriage, promises for your area of ministry, promises for your career, promises for every single area of your life. And I want to look at the story in 1 Kings 17 and just for time's sake, let me tell you what happens. There's a great famine in the land and God speaks to Elijah and he says, go to Zarephath and I want you to pray for, I want you to go to a widow and she'll provide for you. Let me just give you a little clue when you know it's God speaking to you. When it doesn't fully make sense, that's normally a sign that God might be speaking. Because, hang on a minute, God, let me just correct you for a moment. Don't you mean go to the entrepreneur that's going to provide? Don't you mean go to the businesswoman that's going to? No, no, no. Go to the widow who has nothing and she'll be the one that provides for you. And he finds this woman and she's collecting sticks. She's about to make her very last meal, and then she knows for sure that her and her son will die. He says to her, Can you fetch me some water? She does it a bit begrudgingly, and while she's getting the water, he says, And while you're at it, can you cook us up some food? Now she sort of says, You know, seriously, I'm about to have my last meal, my last bit of oil and flour. My son and I are going to eat it, then we're going to die. And he says, Just do what I've said. For this is what the Lord says, the oil and flour will not run dry until the rain comes. And miraculously, while everybody else was in a drought, this lady's jar of flour and oil never, ever ran dry. It's an incredible miracle. But then eventually her son dies. And Elijah comes and he takes him to an upper room and he speaks to the dead boy and the boy comes to life. This lady saw miracles happen. I want to just give you three quick things. If you're going to level up, if you're going to live a life of faith, the first one is this. is Number one is you've got to find your promise. Not, not the promise of the person next to you. What's your promise? What's the promise that God has for you in 2019? Well, what's the thing that God... Because I'm telling you, God's got promises for this house. But God's got promises for every individual that is in this house What is your intricate, detailed promise that God specifically designed for the person that you are? See, you've got to understand that the miracle is found in the promise. See, so many people are like, well, I want the miracle, I want the the, the result. But the way you get it is to go to the one that has the promise and when you find the promise, when you find that seed of faith, it's the seed that gives it destiny and future. You know, one of the things why I know this church has such an incredible destiny and future. I'll never forget the first time I met Pastor David where he shared with me the story of how God spoke to him and I don't know if you've heard it before but some random guy in an airport that doesn't ever prophesy, just starts to prophesy to him about moving to Miami. See, the promise is in the sea. The, 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 the blessing is in the sea that gives birth to the promise. See, you've got to find the promise. What's the promise for your life? See, the, the, the promise is like, a, if you think of an incredible forest, at one point that forest was a bag of seeds. But those bag of seeds got planted and became an incredible forest. You know, I remember it was eight years ago, I stepped out to travel full time as an itinerant evangelist. And I remember about a year in, I had a Sunday night off, but I was in Melbourne. I knew Pastor Russell, he'd been like a hero to me and a a mentor. And I have a Sunday night off and I think to myself, well, I'll just go to Planet Shakers and I'll let God really minister to me. I'll listen to somebody else preach and I'll get in worship and I was having an incredible time in worship. And then all of a sudden, as I'm in worship, encountering the Holy Spirit, the youth pastor at the time, he taps me on the shoulder and he says, hey, Pastor Russell wants you to preach tonight. He's going to call you up in about three minutes. I said, excuse me. He says he wants you to share your story. You got 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And at that time I was a year into travelling full time, I started having a meltdown on the front row. I'm like, I've got a 3 minute version, I've got a 5 minute version, and I've got a 30 minute version. I don't have a 20 minute version! And I eventually pull myself together. Pastor Russell invites me up, I preach to thousands of people. so many people get born again. He comes afterwards, takes up an offering and like blesses me ridiculously. And It was one of those nights I was laying in bed to about three in the morning. And I'm like, did that really happen? Did I just attend Planet Shakers Church but I ended up being the preacher? And like that sort of stuff, as, as when you've got the call that I've got, that's the kind of stuff you make up but it doesn't really happen. Like I've made that up that I'll be in Africa and Pastor Reinhard Bonke will be preaching to a million people but he loses his voice. But somebody has a word that there is an evangelist called Lucas Connell who will come and close out these million people that are about to get saved. And it's the kind of stuff you make up but it doesn't happen. But that night it happened and it literally from that moment launched me into a greater level of where I started to travel all over the world. And people would say, wow, that was when it happened. But what they can't see is it didn't happen. Then it happened 10 years before. When every single year I'd go to a conference as a young guy called Planet Shakers. And every time I'd see a man or woman of God stand on the stage, normally Americans, and they'd preach with power and authority and anointing. And every time I'd watch them, tears would run down my cheek. And I'd say, God, that's my destiny. That's what I've called to do. See, people saw it in that moment. But it had happened 10 years before when I started to find my promise. You've got to find your promise. You've got to find your promise. You know, there's a great clue in this story of how the lady finds the promise. It says that she was collecting sticks to make her last meal. See, you'll often find the promise when you come to the end of yourself. See, that speaks of a place of humility. But you know what always accompanies humility? Hunger. Hunger. See, the opposite of humility is pride. You know what I need? When we have pride, there's never hunger because I'm okay. Humility says, you know what? I need help. God, I can't do it without you. God, I don't want to just live what I could manufacture. God, I want what you've got. Humility brings hunger and hunger brings the promise. The second thing, the second thing, first you've got to find the promise. The second thing, this is a big one, you've got to protect the promise. See, because the enemy always tries to kill the seed. The enemy's been around a long time. He's seen ordinary men and women find a supernatural promise, a seed that gave birth to an incredible harvest. The enemy knows it's much easier to deal with the seed than have to contend with the harvest that the seed can bring forth. See, remember in Jesus' day, Jesus was the greatest seed that ever came to the earth. And there was a king in that day who was a type of the devil named Herod. And when he heard about Jesus, the greatest seed that would bring salvation to all of us, he killed every baby boy under the age of two. Because the enemy will always try to kill the seed. When God gives you a promise, the enemy's going to go after that promise. He's going to try and get you to abort the promise. He's going to try and get you to give up on the dream, on the promise that God put in your heart. The enemy always tries to kill the seed. You know, verse seventeen and eighteen. I think if we've got the scripture of one Kings, it goes on to say. Sometime later, the son of the woman says she's had a miracle. She got a promise. Who owned the house became ill, he grew worse and worse, and he finally stopped breathing. She said, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? See, what you've got to understand is when the lady heard the promise, You will not be without oil and flour till the rain comes, that's not what she heard. See, you've got to understand, she heard, we all hear through our own filter. Isn't it amazing in marriage how two people can hear the same thing but hear completely different things? Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Because we hear through our own filter. See, she didn't hear the oil and flour not run dry. See, she was a widow. She had no man to provide for her. The only hope that she could be called blessed was through her son. The only way she'd be considered blessed if that son one day grew up, provided for her, got married and gave her grandchildren. Now she'd be considered blessed. So when the prophet came and said the oil and flour is not going to run dry, what she heard is the boy, he's going to live. They're still going to call you blessed. You're still going to be looked after. A hope and a future. You're still going to be provided for. You're still going to be looked after. There's still a dream that's going to come to pass. And that's what she heard in her promise. But now the boy is dead. See, every promise you get from God will be tested by death. Every promise you get, he speaks over your business. And all of a sudden, you you lose your greatest client. He speaks about your children, the great things, and all of a sudden they start going a different way. Because that's what the enemy does. He, his assignment is to kill the seed that God's put in your life. You know, you've got to understand that this is the, the, the greatest part. I might just get the keyboarder to come, but this is, the, uh, this is such a powerful point I want you to understand. This. see. Because firstly, number one, you've got to find the promise. Where do you find the promise? You find the promise on top of the mountain. Don't you? You you find the the promise at church in a cocoon of God's love. You know what I'm talking about? That encounter where tears are running down your cheek. Snot going from side to side. And in that moment, you're like, yes, God, yes. Yes, I'm going to change the whole world. And like you're weeping. And in that moment, you believe it with all your heart. Well, of course you do. You're wrapped in a cocoon of God's love. So you find the promise on top of the mountain, but you protect the promise when you go back down into the valley, when you go back to that same relationship, when you go back to that same financial situation, when you go back to that child that's still off the rails. You find it on top of the mountain, but you protect it in the valley. Elijah, he shows her how to protect the promise. And just for time's sake, I'm... I'm just going to tell you what the Scripture says. It says that He takes the boy to the upper room and He throws Himself on the boy. And three times He speaks to him. And the boy comes to life. See, the way you protect the promise is you've got to keep taking it to the upper room. You've got to keep taking it to the place of prayer. You've got to keep taking it to that place. God, remember, at the start of 2019, You were the one that said this thing was going to work out. You were the one that said, I was going to go to the next level. You've got to keep taking it to the upper room. But then sometimes, you've also got to throw yourself on the promise. The thing that seems dead, you've got to speak to it. And is the magic number three? Do you have to speak three times? No, no, no. No, no, no. You speak until there's a pulse you speak until that thing that seemed dead all of a sudden starts to get a heartbeat again and now I know it's living on the inside you protect the promise you're going to take it to the upper room you've got to speak to it throw yourself on it you know I love the way that Jesus turned up to a funeral you know the worst type of funeral you can go to is a young person's funeral because even if they knew, knew the Lord, it's a tragedy because we didn't get to see them go to college and who they'd marry and the kids that have. And Jesus turns up to a 13-year-old girl's funeral. The worst kind. Everybody is weeping, they're in black, they're mourning, they're wailing. Jesus sort of walks in with a spring in His step. And they have to tell Him, they're like, Jesus, it's a funeral. She's dead. And I love His response she's not dead she's just sleeping see sometimes all you need is a person of faith to turn up in your world and declare over what everybody else is saying is dead. You just need a person of faith to turn up and say hey baby, I'm here to tell you the promise ain't dead. It might have gone to sleep for a little while but it's time for the promise to live again. It's time for that thing that God told you about to start to come to pass. Somebody in this room needs to hear that when God gave you the promise, He also knew of the stuff, the bad stuff that was going to happen but He gave you the promise anyway see last point really quickly see why does God want you to live like this is because number three is then he gets the glory well why do I have to find a promise that's impossible because if you find it and then you protect it eventually he'll get the glory in verse 24 after this boy was awoken the, the lady who was not a Jew not a believer she says now I know that you're a man of God and the Word in your mouth is truth. See, we need a generation in Miami that would look at your life, that would see the miracle that comes to pass and their response would be, now I know the Word that you've been speaking about, the God you've been talking about, He's the real deal. He's the one I need to follow. It was some time ago. I've had this promise to preach for 20 years but I preached in a church about three years ago and my dad still smokes a bit of pot today and we have a good relationship but he's got this friend who's a rough kind of guy done drugs and a lot of alcohol most of his life but he's a kind hearted man he's known me since I was four years old He he watched me when I became 12 and I started to change because I got into marijuana and drinking. He saw me, not with him, but at 15 when I started to inject drugs and got really skinny and gaunt. He saw me, he wasn't with me, but he saw me after I took that acid trip. And now I've got drug-induced psychosis where I'm hearing voices. And I went from being this happy-go-lucky, confident kid to a kid that would say things that didn't make sense get up with paranoia and run out of a room. He saw me deteriorate. He saw me at 23 where I'd be now what society would call a junkie for 10 years of my life. Mentally ill, suicidal. But then he got to see me after I was 23 where I got born again. And I'd go back to the city where he lived every now and again. And he'd see slowly, bit by bit, a boy that started to get his confidence back, started to believe he had a purpose, started to, you know, he'd see me free of cigarettes and drugs. And and each time he'd see me get a little bit stronger. It's about three years ago, I was preaching at a church right near him, where he lived. His name's Mark. And I said, hey, Mark, would you come and hear me preach? I'm around the corner from your house. He says, Lucas, you don't, you know I don't go to church. He says, but because it's you, he says, I'll come. He came, he's 60 years old, he sat in church, I think for the second time in his whole life in 60 years. And I preached. And I preached with all my heart. There was moments where people are cheering and shouting and standing. And At the end of the service, I... He, he went out to the front church steps. He probably felt a bit overwhelmed and uncomfortable in church. If I'd be honest with you, that day I didn't really care what anybody else thought. I just wanted to find out what my dad's best friend thought. And I bustled my way through the crowd and I got to the front steps and I said, Hey Mark, what'd you think? I, I can't tell you word for word what he said because I'd never be allowed to preach here again. So let me give you the censored version. This man's not a believer, like this lady. She wasn't a believer, but she said, now I know the word in your mouth, it's truth. He looked at me on those steps. He says, Lucas, I've known you your whole life. Since you're a little boy, he says, I know who you really are. He said, only God could have done what I just saw happen on that stage. There was no other explanation. I want to tell you, we need some people that would find their promise. That would fight the fight of faith to protect their promise. So that when that thing comes to pass, the people in Miami that declare to you, Now I know the word in your mouth. It is the real thing. It's the real deal. You know, really, really quickly, just for the man there with your hand in the air. I want to tell you, just just with, yeah, that guy just with the t-shirt, Brave Church. I tell you, God spoke to me before the service that there is resurrection power on your life. There is resurrection power on your life. And, and I'm here to tell you, sir, I'm here to tell you. There's some things that you feel like have died on the inside, but you need to understand this is not a funeral. That thing's just been asleep. But in 2019, there is resurrection power that has been sent from heaven and you're going to see your dreams resurrected like never before. I'm telling you, 2019 is your year. Just if we grab our seats for a moment, I want to finish with, with just saying, you know, the greatest promise that you can ever receive. And it's the easiest one to find is the promise of salvation. The promise where you simply accept in your heart that God loved you so much that He sent His only Son. To die on a cross to pay the price for all of your sin so that you could have eternal life. So that you could have intimate relationship with God. And I want to pray for you right now the sudden 2019. Some of you need to respond to this prayer. If you're here today and you've never ever given your life to Jesus you've never surrendered yourself to Jesus or or maybe you have but for whatever reason you found yourself away from God and today you're saying I need to rededicate I need to recommit my life to God. I'm going to ask every person to close your eyes if you're in either of those two groups doing this for the very first time or, or you just know that somewhere along the road you've stepped away from God and today you say you know what I'm drawing a line this way. I'm giving my life back to God today if that's you I'm going to count to three and I'm not going to get you out of the front or anything I'm just going to pray for you And if that's you when I get to three I want you to lift your hand and say Lucas include me in your prayer Lucas I need to get right with God Lucas I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time every eye closed every head bowed one friend I tell you he loves you more than you've ever dreamed or imagined two it doesn't matter what you've done where you've been or who you are God loves you so much. Three right now. Come on, lift your hand in heaven. Yeah, I see so many hands. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So proud of every single one of you. So proud of you all. Come on, just with your eyes closed, I want you to repeat this prayer, but we're all gonna pray it with you. Say, dear Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Thank you that you forgive me for everything that I've done wrong. Today, I give you my life. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey guys, uh, I'm going to go to the next service in Kendall right now. It's been so awesome to be with you. Uh, I did have some resource. This here is my, my story. And the reason I've got that is for you to give to somebody else. If you know someone that needs to hear, I, I only tell a part of it. You want this one here? Uh, oh, sorry. But uh, you can get that, give that to someone. Then there's a download card that has 40 messages. God bless you. I love you guys so much. And you guys have got an incredible church. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.